welcome to the Six Hats podcast, where I, Dr. Shami, a lifestyle and nutritional medicine family doctor, will talk about how women strive to find balance each day by juggling their six roles, being a woman, mother, daughter, partner, business owner, and professional. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Six Hat Podcast. And I'm so excited to say that this is the last in our series for this year, but we will be back in February for a lineup of fantastic speakers. So can't wait for that. But today I really want to talk about anxiety and how we can manage it holistically. I'm going to give you some really quick and easy tips, but possibly just reminders for you to say, yeah, this is what I could do at home. This is what I can do now in order to feel better. And then what I'm going to do at the end, just highlight what functional medicine can do. We can go so many steps deeper with the goal of making you feel better. So to begin with, more than two in five Australians experience a mental health issue in their lifetime. And a recent study found that during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, 21% of Australians had experienced a mental health disorder in the previous 12 months, with anxiety being the most common. So where do we start? Now, we start with what do we need to know about anxiety? I'm going to talk to you about three simple strategies that can transform the way you feel and, of course, have functional medicine can help. Now, I'm going to ask you three questions just to get an idea of where you are placed in terms of managing anxiety, and I will give you the answers. So first question is, do all patients suffer with anxiety? Do they require medication to treat their symptoms? And the answer is no, not all patients require medication. There is, in fact, a lot we can do, which I'm going to run through, that can transform the way you feel. Number two is, can anxiety or stress directly affect other organs in the body, for example, the gut or the thyroid? And the answer is yes, it can. And if you've listened to my previous podcast, you'd probably be familiar with that. And lastly, can anxiety be resolved with simple lifestyle measures? And once again, the answer is yes. You will be surprised what tiny improvements in your lifestyle can transform the way you feel. Now, this is going to be a really quick recap. For those who have listened to my podcast or seen my programs online, you'll be so familiar with the stress reaction. But it's just a great reminder, especially when we're feeling anxious, to really break it down and figure out what exactly is happening in my mind and body. So once again, it all starts with a thought. And that thought is your perception of your environment, perception of your reality. And for some reason, that's coded as fear. So the amygdala, which is a small gland that sits in your brain, has detected this as a fear response. And it quickly sends messages to different parts of the brain, which then sends signals to the rest of the body, including the adrenal glands, which sit on top of your kidneys. And their job is to release that cortisol, adrenaline and noradrenaline, sending signals throughout the body saying, hey, we're in a fear response. We need to get out of here. And hence why it's called the fight, flight or freeze response, fight flight or freeze response. Got to get that right. So the body's just preparing you to deal with this fear in front of you. Now, the problem is in today's world is the fear is emotions, the emotions and our perception of our reality. And it's really, really interesting. So the new data has shown the amygdala, 
which is the part of the brain that detects that fear response, actually goes back to your baseline. And this is really, really important. So I'm going to say this quite slowly, is your baseline is whatever is familiar to you. So what does that actually mean? So if you're familiar with worry as your default emotion, that becomes your baseline. So we actually need to ask ourselves this question. Do I know what calm feels like? Does calm actually make me feel uncomfortable? For example, being busy throughout the day, we're so used to it, you know, we're filling up our mind, we're filling up our day with activities, we're constantly entertained. Now to sit in stillness can actually feel really, really uncomfortable. Almost you become on edge, almost you actually become a bit stressed for sitting in stillness and you want to fill up the hour, fill up the day with lots and lots of things. And so what they're showing in research is that we're actually just used to, we've developed habits, used to a pattern of behavior. And again, thoughts are just a habit, thoughts are literally going around in your mind and it can become a habit of thinking about something in the future which you feel might be the worst case scenario which develops into worry. So worry can be your default. Now what's really important to remember as well this autonomic nervous system and you're all probably familiar with it because I've mentioned it so many times so that's like the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. Now, what's really important about that is that the sympathetic is all about speeding things up and it's part of that fight or flight response. It's a collection of nerves that's connected to different parts of the body which help you feel a certain way while you're feeling anxious. So it might raise your heart rate, it might cause sweaty palms, sweaty armpits, it might actually make you feel, you know, have dry mouth when you're speaking. So this is literally the body getting prepared for the fight or flight response. And it actually increases flow to the muscles to get you out of that situation. It decreases flow, blood flow to the gut because the gut and digestion is not needed at the time of stress. So this is a process of a series of events that take place really to protect you because that's what it's designed for. For example, when you're crossing the road, that fight or flight response comes in, you know, you are more alert in order to protect yourself and in order not to harm yourself. Now, what's really, really interesting, we've forgotten about the parasympathetic. So that's the opposite. These are the brake pedals. So when we're in that heightened response, we do have brake pedals. We can calm the nervous system down by triggering the vagus nerve. So it has the opposite effect. It calms everything down. So it's actually also known as the rest and digest. So it increases blood flow to your gut. It helps with digestion. It lowers your heart rate. It calms the nervous system down. And what I'm going to go through is all these series of things, activities that you can do to trigger the vagus nerve that we've actually forgotten and we can actually adapt it into our lifestyle, create a schedule where we trigger the vagus nerve. And so what is the impact of chronic stress? And again, I've mentioned it previously of being always in that fight or flight response. And I'm talking about weeks, months, and even years on that chronic level of anxiety. So over time, it affects these organs, thyroid, gut, and adrenals, for example, which leads to symptoms of anxiety, sometimes insomnia or difficulty sleeping, fatigue, irritable bowel symptoms, or even bloating, such as small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. It's just, just bacteria sitting in your small bowel, not meant to be there. As a result, every time you eat, you have excessive bloating. 
and of course, weight gain. So once again, it's just a reminder, all of these symptoms, we don't often link it to chronic stress. And in functional medicine, we're always going to the root cause. How do we treat the root cause? Because yes, we can treat all these symptoms, but if we haven't addressed this chronic stress response, where well, you will always be encountering these symptoms. Right, and so what is our ultimate goal? Our ultimate goal is to find balance. How do we have the brake pedals on for the parasympathetic? But obviously we do need a bit of drive for the sympathetic to keep us alert and keep us safe. How do we achieve balance? So I'm going to remind you of the three activities which are so important, which we easily forget, and it can transform the way you feel. So number one is breathing. How do you breathe? So take a moment to pause right now and you can actually check how are you breathing? Are you breathing shallow, which is where your chest is rising first or deeply where your tummy rises first? So a quick way of doing it is one hand on your chest and one hand on your tummy and take a deep breath in, which rises first? And the answer, the correct answer is we need to deep breathe. That means we need to inflate our lungs fully, activate that diaphragm, which triggers the vagus nerve that means it starts to slow things down and people feel better now nine times out of ten anyone coming to see me with anxiety is most likely shallow breathing and that's because it's a pattern a habit that we've developed over time once we've been in the stress response so reactivating that deep breathing learning to breathe deeply throughout the day is so important and can transform the way you feel Number two is sleep. We forget about sleep. And I'm going to remind you about this beautiful circadian rhythm, that sleep-wake cycle that our bodies are designed to follow each day to keep us well, to keep us healthy, because there are reasons why we sleep. And the most, you know, a couple of many, many good reasons include improve immunity to you know improve our mental health. It's time to rejuvenate, to recharge. And also studies are showing that it reduces the risk of dementia. Now that sleep-wake cycle is all about when cortisol rises and when it drops and when melatonin rises. So cortisol rises in the morning, it's highest at about 9 a.m. and it takes the whole day to reduce in order to get you ready for sleep. And melatonin starts to rise around 6 p.m. Now melatonin just switches you into the sleep mode. It doesn't keep you asleep. What's actually really keeping you asleep is adenosine. So adenosine is actually produced in cells and its role is to make us feel sleepy. So it gradually rises in the day as long as you're awake and it falls around 7am on waking. So adenosine is the breakdown of ATB, adenosine triphosphate from physical and mental work. And really, really interesting, we need that rise in adenosine, which then binds to receptors to make us feel sleepy. What's really, and you're probably familiar with, is what caffeine does. It actually blocks the effect of adenosine, hence keeping us alert. And believe it or not, and as you may have experienced, exercise increases the level of adenosine. So sleep, what can we do for sleep? And I'm going to give you a couple of strategies as a reminder to really check in on your sleep quality. Number one, which I cannot ignore, is screen time. Too many of us are watching TV, our laptops, whatever screens that you have just before bed. And it does affect cortisol. It does affect melatonin. And more than likely, you're probably getting a very light sleep. So 
I always encourage my patients one hour before bedtime to really remove all your screen times, create the sacred hour. Maybe you want to listen to music, listen to something, meditate or have a conversation with someone at home. Really go really low on your screen time just before bed. The next thing is caffeine. As we mentioned, it can block the receptors, keep you alert. We don't know how your body metabolizes coffee, whether it metabolizes quickly or slowly. And we don't even know if your body produces adrenaline quickly and gets rid of it slowly. So are you keeping yourself in an artificial state of the fight or flight response? And I always am amazed when patients come back with stories of how they eventually gave up caffeine and they could not believe how they felt. They were sleeping better, they're having deeper sleep, they felt so much less anxious. As a result, they never wanted to go back to it. And lastly, the impact of alcohol. So we know alcohol affects the quality of your sleep, but also studies are recently showing that it actually increases cortisol a couple of days after drinking alcohol. So not when you're drinking alcohol, but like the day after. So you can activate the fight or flight response. So really have a look at caffeine, alcohol, and screen time. And lastly, in terms of lifestyle strategies of movement, how can I forget? exercise is so vital. Now, in today's lifestyle, we live such sedentary lifestyles if you've got a desk-based job. So that means you're spending hours and hours sitting. But that's not the only time you're sitting. You may be sitting on your drive to work, you're sitting in the train, you're sitting having coffee, you're sitting while you're eating, you're sitting while you're watching TV, and it all adds up. We're sitting for hours and hours in the day. And we're not used to that. Humans are not designed to be sitting. We're designed for movement. Now, studies are shown, have been shown to increase serotonin with just five minutes of movement. So if you're feeling like I really don't have motivation to move, I'm feeling a bit lethargic, I really motivate patients to go just move for five minutes in the morning, put some great music on and have a dance or move in some way. And that five minutes of movement increases your happy chemicals like serotonin and makes you smile, can transform the way you feel. And I've also had some patients who actually use exercise to manage their anxiety. So when they feel that anxious feeling, they quickly jump into some form of movement, whether it's movement to music or skipping or doing some low impact cardio and they feel better. So just to recap, it is exercise, sleep, and breathing. Now, I really wanna add in another hidden effect of exercise, and it's all about brain-derived neurotrophic factor. It's something that you may not be familiar with. It's called BDNF, and it's actually the miracle grow for the brain. It helps maintain brain cells as well as grow new ones. So it's growing new connections. So what does that mean? It means that you learn quickly, you have better memory, and guess what? It increases serotonin, and it's associated with lower rates of Alzheimer's dementia. So what am I hearing is, how can I increase BDNF? And you're spot on. It is exercise, meditation, sleep, and sunlight. And how, what lowers BDNF? It's the opposite. It's actually stress sugar and social isolation. So really interesting. And I did want to mention all the other things that which increase and stimulate the vagus nerve. So apart from breathing, meditation, what about singing, chanting, humming, cold exposure, massage, face-to-face -face socializing. We mentioned exercise, but also forest bathing and art. So art, nature, music. 
really, really good reminders. And when I speak to patients, they often say, oh, I used to love my art class. Or I used to love singing. I, this is what I used to do. I need to get back into it. Make it part of your routine for the week. Have some strategies that help trigger that vagus nerve. So now I'm going to move on to what, how functional medicine can help. And so when you see a functional medicine practitioner, this is where we go a step further. So we mentioned a few lifestyle changes, but this is where we can go deeper. We really need to look at your nutrition. It's about clearing up that nutrition. How can we remove that excess sugar, go for more whole foods, increase your protein and tendency of more of a low carb diet. Then we address nutrient deficiencies such as magnesium, vitamin B6, 9, 12, vitamin D, omega-3, and that's all needed for your happy neurotransmitters. Then we can even look a bit deeper and go into key amino acids, which is basically protein. What the impact of glutamine, taurine, glycine, 5-HTP, which is tryptophan, can do to your happy chemicals. At the end of the day, this is protein and we can actually do it naturally through food. We can go one step deeper into the gut microbiome, the change in gut bacteria. After all, 90% of your serotonin is produced in the gut. And of course, how do we support the adrenals and how do we support thyroid health? So that was a really quick recap about anxiety, a brilliant reminder that, hey, we can feel less anxious. Let's remember the breathing. Let's remember the movement. Let's remember how sleep is important. And if you need more help, this is how functional medicine can help you. So really excited to share that podcast. We will be back in the new year, wishing you an amazing, amazing start to the new year and look forward to being on this journey with you. Remember that this is general advice only. Please see your healthcare professional for more information. So what's your take home message today? Remember it's all about progress and not perfection. And are you suffering from stress? Visit Usawa Learning Hub on usawa.com.au and sign up for the six week challenge on how to reduce stress today. Enjoy the journey.